I'm your host Madeline. Now grab some coffee and take a seat because today we're talking toxic productivity with Vera V. Before we get into it, let's do our question of the day. Today's question of the day is, are you able to separate work with your identity of yourself? And you can go ahead and answer first. Thank you. First and foremost, when you said, um, get some coffee, let me take a sip. This was not scripted. So if anyone's listening and they still don't have their coffee, this is your sign. But regarding the question of the day, I think it's such a good one, especially being in the creative space. Because I feel like if you take any other job, it's kind of easier to separate in and of itself because like your job is not your life. <laughs> but I feel like in the creative space, especially as a creator, it's like you film a lot of your life. So it almost becomes your job. So I think with being able to separate it, um, I would say that at this point, having overcome my toxic productivity journey, <laughs> definitely yes. And we'll talk about it in this episode. But I think to me, my work is more than just work. It's also a hobby because I love like social media, everything. <laughs> so, Wow, I love that. Yeah, for me, I think... It's honestly a tough question. When I was thinking of the question of the day, I was like, what, you know, can I say that's going to leave an impact? And when I think about separating work with my identity, again, since we're both creators, like, how do you even do that? And I don't necessarily think that I've reached the point where I can truly say that I've separated it. So I'm really interested in talking about, you know, toxic productivity with you and how you separate the creator Vera with Vera, even though at the end of the day, they're like almost the same person. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Awesome. All right. Well, let's get into it. Can you tell me a little bit more about yourself as a person? Yes, absolutely. As a person, I really am into wellness and self-growth. I like motivational content, which is why I feel prone to create it. I feel like it's always been that way. Um, I like all things wellness, like fitness, health, reading, expanding my mind, meditation. I've been really into that recently. I also love creativity a lot. I'm getting into my acting era, which is really <laughs> cool. I had a short film come out like last week. <laughs> no racking. Um, I also love music a lot. Yeah, I'm working on my... Well, actually, this is like... I've never told this to anyone yet, but I'm working on my second song right now. So exciting things mm -hmm. happening for sure. <laughs> awesome. All right. And can you tell me a little bit about why you started your business? Yeah. For sure. So besides just being a content creator, I also have a social media coaching business. And for me, that took a while to come into because at first, um, right after I graduated, I was like, I want to be an independent singer songwriter, which is great. <laughs> but then I quickly realized that I just like keeping that more as a hobby. Like, I don't feel like I'm like the singer songwriter type of person, like to do it full time. I respect people who are, but like for me, it just doesn't go that way. So I got into life coaching and I really liked coaching. I love working with people. I feel like I know how to guide a person and not like by telling them what to do, but just like actually guiding them. Because I think a philosophy I land with is all the answers you'll ever need, you have that all within yourself. It's just a matter of untapping it. And obviously, if you have a life coach or a coach and anything they do, that can greatly help. Like a fitness trainer, kind of, except you're not really getting told what to do. Um, and so with social media coaching, it kind of came about when I started taking content creation more seriously. And I was like, you know, this is kind of what I want to do for work. And obviously... Like, I love social media. I always have been creating for like eight years <laughs> just for funsies. <laughs> so I feel like it's slowly transitioned into that because I realized it's kind of like the, I'm sure you relate to this, but like the ikigai, you know, the di diagram where it's what you love to do, what you can monetize, and then what you feel like the yeah. world needs. Yeah. Mm. So I feel like with social media coaching kind of like meets in the middle for me, which is really cool. Very special for sure. Amazing. 
Yeah, I, I feel like it's such an amazing job to, you know, be able to teach people. And I personally have a life coach as well. And some of the things that she has said have literally like <gasps> changed my entire perspective on things. And it's honestly been so life changing. And I myself, I've also done some social media consulting and just to see people, you know, grow is so powerful. So I really, you know, appreciate that side of the business. And yeah. And for what, you, what would you say? Yeah. So the why behind my business, I guess I was looking for a little bit more of a creative expression. I've always been really, really shy. And I saw on your page, you mentioned you're shy as well, or you used to be shy, but I have always been so <laughs> shy. So anytime, you know, when I was looking for a way to express myself, like I never felt like I was truly able to do it in person with people unless I just was so so close to them and I think the thing I like about social media is that you just get to skip the small talk and go straight to like the void and everything that's in your mind and the vulnerable parts of you I know a lot of people like take it so differently and you just want to show like the highlight reel but I think I've always wanted to have my social media be a place where it's just the void of my of my life <laughs> And yeah. <laughs> kind of express myself 100%. way. And I started, mm -hmm. that's the why behind my business. And then I realized that you can also, you know, make an impact on other people's lives as well. And I really appreciated that. With the shy kids, <laughs> I find that so interesting that we're both, both former or just, I don't know, just like shy kids. Because I think with the creators, I've seen that happen a lot. Like, even if you go to the events, people who have like huge followings, like they're huge. They're just like standing in the corner like, it's so funny how that translates no yeah I totally agree with you I saw something I don't know what study it was but I think there was a study done and it said like most creative people are shy or socially awkward or they just don't know how to express themselves well with people so they kind of turn that into their art and I just found that so fascinating I felt so seen and yeah when you meet people and they're like oh my gosh you're nothing like how you are on social media I'm like well I don't know you yet and I'm shy so <laughs> yeah I felt like sorry I'm not gonna be crazy energy wise just yet <laughs> but just exactly. just give me like a month or two <laughs> um so to get into toxic productivity I started seeing a lot of your posts on this recently and honestly it's something that I've struggled with for a long time and something that I haven't seen a lot of people talk about um because I feel like there's a lot of guilt behind it in a way like you think of being productive and it's this amazing thing but sometimes it can become almost addicting in a way and you can mm -hmm. give yourself a lot of guilt behind not being productive enough and even talking about toxic productivity sometimes makes me feel like wow I don't want to talk about this because it's not toxic it's just going to bring me towards my goals like the more I work the more I'll accomplish I don't care about burnout so I want to know what toxic productivity means to you toxic productivity I would say productivity really becomes toxic at least for me when I start to cut out other areas of my life like that being said there's nothing wrong with I don't like the word sacrifice because I feel like it's like sacrifice there's nothing wrong with prioritizing certain things over other things. Like, for example, if you are really passionate about your business and you have a deadline coming up, or like a, even a deadline you set for yourself, and instead of going out on a Friday night, you want to just get it done. Like, I respect that. And I think it's absolutely like I do that most of the time, you know, 
But once you start cutting out your sleep, <laughs> your workouts, your time with family, friends, loved ones, <laughs> where you just all you do is work. And like, I feel like to you, like you just identify as a person who works like in your chosen field. That's not very healthy, I would say. What about you? Do you agree? <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I feel like that makes a lot of sense. I'm trying to think of certain scenarios where I've cut these things out of my life for you know a good purpose and when I've cut them out of my life just because I felt guilty and felt maybe I wasn't productive enough today maybe I should work longer I think that that makes a lot of sense and at the end of the day like we're all human and we all need rest so if you're cutting your rest and you're cutting out your social time like at what point does it become just a recipe for burnout I, I just find that super interesting and I've never gotten to talk about this with someone who also struggles with it. Do you think there's a pressure to hustle these days? I think absolutely, especially I feel like being a creative, because if you work like a traditional job, it doesn't necessarily have to be like corporate per se, but like something more traditional. I feel like you kind of have limits imposed on you of like, okay, this is lunchtime, like take the lunch hour. And I know a lot of people, like for example, my oldest sister, she works for HP in marketing. She's like a director of like something. So obviously it's a, it's a heavy load. Like she does not work nine to five. <laughs> she works like 12, 14 hour days. So it's like pretty rough. <laughs> so obviously that could be extended, but it can still like, you know, okay, so Sunday I take off, like this day I take off. But I feel like when you're creative or even freelancing, like doing something where it's self-imposed, it's a lot harder to figure out those boundaries. So I think with the hustling and like the pressure to do so, it almost, I don't know if it's just me, but like in my mind, because I don't have those boundaries and especially it was really prevalent in the past, like, I, I just have no stopper. <laughs> like if, I, if I used to, like, rest and hang out, for example, with my boyfriend, I'd be like, no, like, I should be working right now. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> Wasting my time? Like, it's super weird. <laughs> yeah, that totally makes so much sense to me. I, I feel like um, my boyfriend, he used to work at a real estate office, and he would always text me around lunchtime, and he'd be like, yeah, I cooked for the office, and now we're sitting around having lunch together oh. and, you know, taking our break. And I'd be like, that sounds really nice. I've been sitting at my laptop for five hours straight and I like had half of a banana and I'm going crazy, but that's that's nice for you. And <laughs> I think in the, I guess the corporate world, like you're just given that break and most people are really excited for that break because the work is usually like not your work. Like in yeah. a way you're working, you know, for someone else, for someone else's goals and dreams. So why does it even matter if you take that break? Like it's something to look forward to rather than, you know, when we're working for ourselves, we're like, okay, well, my dreams, my goals, I have to work towards this. And if I have to skip all my meals for the rest of my life, like I will do it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I find it so fascinating that there's like this huge pressure, but how did you start to recognize that this was a problem for you? I think also with being a creative, especially in any sort of creative work, like whether that be photography, videography, content creation, like anything you can think of, I think especially if it involves sharing with other people, but also obviously the general creativity sense of it, like coming up with a concept and executing it. I think for me, that pivotal point happened when I started to realize that rest is essential to that, like quite literally, because I noticed myself, like for example, critique a campaign like if I'm tired like genuinely just emotionally physically drained I'm not gonna have good ideas and like if, to me like I'm gonna start treating of like okay like I have to make this video versus if I'm fully recharged and for me I tend to recharge the best socially like if I spend time with people afterwards I'm just so inspired like 
on top of the world. If I recharge in that way, then the ideas that come to me are just on a whole other level. And I feel like excited doing them versus it just being like, okay, another day, like another video. Mm. So I think that was the moment when I kind of realized <laughs> that I needed to shift it. And then I started slowly working towards that. Wow. So in a way, you basically thought like, if I don't take this rest, then at the end of the day, my work is going to suffer anyway. Of course. Yeah. Because I think of it like, um, you, what's that quote about cups? Like you can't pour from an empty cup. But I think especially if you're a content creator, when you're sharing with people, keep, people can always sense the vibe. When I talk to my clients about this, like all the time, because like, oh, this week has been bad performance wise. And I'm like, okay, like, how have you been this week? Oh, it's been a horrible week for me. People can sense that. There's nothing wrong with like having bad weeks. We're not robots. But if you don't take the time for yourself to like make sure that every time you show up, you show up with the intention of sharing and just being open and like sharing your fulfillment and joy with the world, then it's not going to resonate. So I think with that, what's interesting in creative work is your work directly suffers if you're not in a good place. Like when you're burnt out and a creator posting it from a place of burnout, you can feel that. I don't know how to explain it, but like you can like, you feel the, the heaviness. Do you find yeah. that too? No, I completely agree with you. I saw this um, this post a while back and someone mentioned like, if you're a creator, people will literally feel your energy through your phone. So you always want to show up with like a very consistent energy. And it's not like they can, you know, like feel you, but you come across with a slightly different personality when you're feeling yeah. burnt out, whether you like it or not. And I can look back at some past brand campaigns or projects that I've worked on where you can just tell in a way. I was like, okay, that week, I remember it was a really bad week. So the campaign wasn't as great as I wanted it to be. And it was very stressful. So I think you can definitely always, you know, kind of tell in a way. And as creators, you know, you also want like, your brand image to be very consistent. So getting that rest, I agree, can definitely help out a lot. Um, yeah. But I am interested in knowing, like, what were some ways that you started setting those boundaries with yourself? Yeah, I think boundaries is probably the biggest thing, especially when it comes to toxic productivity. Because also, like, I think the biggest realization that happened before boundaries is the fact that, especially in creative work, like if you if you feel like you have too much to do, that's fully on you. Like I just started taking responsibility for that because there are ways to optimize your systems. If your system is not serving you, like you feel like you have to work 20 hour days to barely get by, then you can optimize the system. Because like, for example, in corporate or like more traditional job, obviously, if you're employed under somebody, you're not fully in charge of the system. Like, for example, my boyfriend, he works, um, he's a software engineer. So he works in like a company. They had a meeting about having less meetings. Like you cannot control the fact they have five meetings a day. Like I get that, you know? But when you're working for yourself, you can definitely optimize things. So for me, I just started with that and I realized, okay, like if I do not want to be working 18 hour days, I don't have to be. <laughs> Pause, <laughs> what can I do to optimize that? So I started doing that. But with boundaries, my biggest thing was I started taking Sunday off, just like no work, no matter what I finished, what I didn't finish, like did not matter. Um, that and I also gave myself permission to move some deadlines around because I feel like I get the sense that we're kind of like a similar way <laughs> but if you're created to-do list it's like stacked it's like borderline unachievable <laughs> so <laughs> yeah I just started being like, okay more realistic and definitely prioritization too because I think there are a lot of things that we think we need to do but we really don't so just taking a very sober approach to it and I like the Eisenhower matrix have you heard of it mm -hmm. yes yeah. So just doing that and like being fully honest with myself and I guess just overall getting clear on your goals. Cause I think 
Like it's just a lot of mental fluff and a lot of that is unnecessary really. So you can just like start cutting that out. Yeah, I completely agree with you. And for those listeners who don't know what the Eisenhower matrix is, can you just explain it from a little bit of like a base level? Yeah, for sure. So if you imagine a graph with four quadrants, um, Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4, if you're watching this in video, it's probably helpful. <laughs> but um, essentially the Eisenhower matrix has two scales, the scale of urgency, which is like a deadline that you need to complete. And here's the thing, with being self-employed a lot of the urgency is self-created so for example if you're working with a brand obviously you have a deadline but if you're like have to finish your website by this week you have to take a sober look at the urgency like is it really that urgent that you have to finish so that's the first scale and then also there's a scale of importance how important is that to you some things just really aren't you know but some things really are because they directly affect your performance at work in life so forth and so on so you just categorize those things based on urgency and importance i think if you search up eisenhower matrix like it'll be more helpful um, but what I do is just, I just brain dump all my tasks for the week and then right after I categorize them into the Eisenhower matrix and then I just time block them into my week. And I feel like that's like a very solid approach that helps me. Wow. Yeah, I feel like that's pretty incredible. I know a lot of tasks that we have as creators, they kind of fall into the, oh, it would be nice if I finished that, but we put yeah. so much pressure on ourselves to be like, no website needs to be finished today content needs to be finished today like everything has to be done today because yeah. there's just always the sense of urgency for things even though some things like if they took me a year to do them it wouldn't really affect my business because let's say it's a new project that I'm working mm -hmm. on um yeah. so yeah I I feel like it's really important to kind of categorize your tasks just so you don't feel so overwhelmed because if every task is 100 percent urgent like how are you ever gonna get them all done without going crazy <laughs> and I think also with that especially for content like if you that's why I what I've been trying to do recently just consume less like period because I feel like if you consume a lot then you see okay so this video is performing well like it's a new trend I should do it oh and this one but like say for your posting schedule you just do not have those videos so then it's like I feel like, I don't know if it's just me, but I start to prioritize those little things over the things that I actually need to do. They'll actually get me like longer term results. And that just gets in the way, which contributes to toxic productivity. Because once again, it's the end of the day, you're like, oh, I only finished half of my to-do list. Like I still have so much more to do. And then you cut into your sleep time, rest time, unwind time. And that's not the vibe. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I find that so fascinating. I, I definitely do that a lot too. I always try to say, you know, create over consume, but there's always more to do like in our industry if you go online you'll find a hundred more trends more ideas someone has a new course there's a new podcast like there's always more to learn more to do and you know better ways to optimize so mm -hmm. I, I definitely think it's important to put the phone down sometimes and take some rest <laughs> Um, I saw on your Instagram, well, I've been seeing on your Instagram stories that you've been doing Wednesday coffee work days with your boyfriend. And I love that. I feel like that's a fun way to kind of mesh work and also socializing. I do that with my friends a lot too, but I'd love to learn more about this. And is this one of the little, you know, boundaries that you set for yourself in terms of toxic productivity? Yeah, 100%. I think with toxic productivity, what really helps, and you brought that up, of just combining rest with like work <laughs> and work loosely. Because for example, even with hanging out with friends, like you don't have to just 
lay on couch and do nothing, you could go for a hike. That's probably going to make you feel a lot better. So it's still, you're still being productive, quote unquote, but in a healthy way because it, it feels restful. Um, so Wednesday coffee shops, we started doing that just for fun, honestly, because I feel like especially working from home, like I'm just kind of here all the time. <laughs> it can get a little bit boring because it's like the same four walls, you know? So I feel like with trying new coffees, it's definitely like a new experience. There are new people around so you can like people watch, get inspiration. But at the same time, um, it's a very focused because um, I think there was this, I don't know if it was a study, but somebody said something about when you work at a public library or coffee shop, you have the social accountability factor, which makes you more productive. So that's also a third thing. But also obviously like quality time spending together, which I think is really nice as well. Oh, yeah, I love that. I feel like it's always so much fun to, you know, be able to work with someone and working from home can get really isolating like it's so fun and I wouldn't change it for the world but sometimes I'll go outside at four o'clock and I'm like oh that's the sun okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so I really like that and I I like how you integrated that you know into your life and started doing things like scheduled into your life where you you know get to have that moment with your boyfriend and it still feels productive but it's also you know quality time with him like you said do you ever find yourself hesitating to allow yourself to have fun yeah I would say that's a big part of it <laughs> that's why all the fun things like I do them with people like getting lunch I do that with people because I feel like by myself like to this point it's always like oh it's like weird for me to get myself lunch like it just feels like like, why would I treat myself that way? <laughs> Which is not good at all. <laughs> so with, for example, Wednesday Coffee Shop, one of the weeks he couldn't do it because he had a meeting during that time or whatever. So I still went and I still kept that tradition for myself and I got myself coffee. Which at first felt like weird because, once again, if it's not with people, I feel like it's like, eh, you're always hesitant about that. But just leaning into the discomfort and figuring out where that's coming from. Because I think, I don't know, do you, do you ever struggle with like a similar thing? Yeah, I definitely think that for me... I never really do those types of things on my own. You know, sometimes I'll go get myself a coffee in the morning before I start work, but that's like maybe five minutes of fun. But when it comes <laughs> to doing fun things on my own, I I definitely would say I struggle with that because I think like a part of me is just like, oh, like whatever. You might as well just work instead of going out by yourself. <laughs> Um, really bad trait that I have like sometimes you know if my boyfriend is busy or if someone's busy I'm like well everyone's busy might as well just spend the day working like <laughs> instead of doing something for me I'm like well what's the point you know like everyone's busy might as well be busy too and that's something that I'm definitely trying to work on just finding things that I enjoy doing on my own whenever you're you know done having fun or done hanging out with your boyfriend let's pretend like you guys didn't do any work at all do you ever feel guilty for having fun I would say I used to a lot, but I think with those kinds of thoughts, obviously they're not productive in the slightest, because <laughs> like I said, it's just like mental fluff that's really unnecessary. So for me, if I ever get negative thoughts like that, for example, I'm lazy, that's like pops up. I really ask myself, okay, what does laziness mean to me? To me, but my definition is when you know that you have things to do, but you just don't want to do them. Like not that you can't, but you just don't want to. Then I ask myself like, okay, did I want to do my work? Hypothetically say I did, but say something came up. So then by that logic, like I'm not lazy. So then I just reformat it. Like, oh, I prioritized having fun today instead of just being lazy. Because I think with those thoughts, it's like kind of like, um, <laughs> like it's like unnecessary seeds. <laughs> you have to catch them in time before they grow. Otherwise, it's just not a good contribution. So I think with guilt, definitely just going about it very logically. Because then 
I think especially as a creator, it's so important. And with having your own business too, it's so important to be in like a very abundant place almost so that you have things to share. Because I think a lot of our work, I mean, I would say most of it, it's not really for us. Like obviously it is because like we love it, but it's for other people. And you can't give to other people if your cup is empty. <laughs> so it's really important to kind of like always be aligned in what you do and just in life and how you're feeling. Wow, I love that. And I love how you mentioned that, you know, your first reaction is that you were lazy. Because I feel like for me, that's a really big thing as well. Even if I accomplished most of the things on my to-do list, at the end of the day, I could still be like, wow, I didn't do enough. I'm so lazy. I'm so unproductive. Like, how can I do better tomorrow, you know? And I think it's funny that, you know, you and me, I think at the end of the day, like, we're probably some of the hardest working people (laughs) like we work very hard it's very obvious we were emailing each other on a Sunday Um, that was so funny you broke your rule (laughs) about not working on Sundays to email me back um but yeah like we work really hard and so sometimes I wonder you know like where's that guilt coming from because it's very clear if you go on our social medias that we're posting a lot, we're actively working on our businesses, we're actively, you know, creating a life for ourselves that is financially secure and Mm -hmm. very, you know, secure. So if we take a day off or two days off, maybe like the world isn't going to collapse. So where is that like, you're lazy coming from? What I always try to keep in mind is your brain, it's always working against you in a way. Like your brain seeks comfort and prioritizes that over happiness 99% of the time. So a lot of the thoughts that you have, they're not what you truly want to think. It's just like what your brain gives you. Because I I was, ugh, I think I was on wheels last night, which is not good. Like I tried to scroll before, but, but I was watching this one video um, of this girl and she was saying how the things that you feel most resistant about are the ones that are going to bring you the most results. So if you kind of think of it in those terms, if your brain's like, oh, you're just lazy, it's very easy to mentally spin out after that. It's like almost like a little hook they can bite into. And then obviously it's all downhill from there. Like, yeah, I'm lazy. I never do anything. And then you're just like an, an emotional down. It's like, an, it's not a good trajectory. So in those points, if you stop yourself and reformat it, then you still stay at a, like a plateau, which is not a bad thing. Or you go a little bit up, which is obviously, I would say the goal. Yeah, I find that super interesting. And I also saw, it was probably a post, but it was like, your brain isn't made to make you happy. It's made to keep you alive. And I think for me growing up, I wasn't raised in a, you know, very affluent home. There were times when we like stressed about rent or food. And so now as an adult, I think my brain immediately goes to like, hey, you need to make this money girl or else we are gonna, you know, be on the streets, which is not true. Because I've been, you know, financially stable for most of my adult life since I've been working since I was so young. I think it's just so fascinating that my immediate reaction to not working for a day is go make some money or else. (laughs) Or else. (laughs) Yeah, like I also, I used to find this with myself, like, going to grab a five dollar coffee I would be like oh my gosh this is such a waste of money what are you doing like save your money girl but like at what point do you deserve like nice little treats for yourself you know I think it's also important for people in like you know situations similar to mine growing up to realize your brain is just trying to keep you alive and a lot of the things that it's telling you are also based in the past and sometimes younger you is reacting to the situation instead of you know your logical adult self yeah 
For sure. I also wanted to ask if you still struggle with toxic productivity. I think I would say to an extent, but I really have tried like in the past, I would say like six months, I've really been working at it. Because I think a lot of toxic productivity, it really just comes from the kind of mindset that you have. And you, if you reform your mindset, then obviously your life changes. So you know how I started, uh, I said I started getting into more meditation recently? Mm-hmm. Is the kind of meditation where like I think about my biggest dreams, like at least for the year or five years, whatever. And I really like get into the feeling of having accomplished them. So like I am the person who already has that. Um, and I just think about what she would do. And like I know for a fact that she would not be stressing of like, oh, in these past 30 minutes, like I, I spent it hanging out with people instead of working because that's <laughs> not productive at all. And if you look at the most successful people like in the world, if you listen to the interviews, they just seem very like relaxed. <laughs> and I think that's the kind of vibe that when you're relaxed and when you're at peace with yourself, I feel like that's when clarity comes about. Because if you have a lot of mental fluff and you're constantly stressing, good ideas are not going to come to you. Like the kind of people that you need to meet in order to take yourself to the next level, you're probably not going to attract them because there's just so much going on at the forefront of your mind. that You don't really have space for anything new. So I really try to think about it in those terms. And I think that definitely helps kind of keep the toxicity away because that's not beneficial at all. Wow, that is actually such an interesting perspective that I've never heard before. Like I'm a little bit speechless. I feel like when you have that, you know, chill, relaxed energy, people want to be around you more. And I never, ever, ever, ever have that chill, relaxed energy. Like if you ask my friends to describe me, they would probably say a ball of stress. Like <laughs> I, I definitely, I think that's so fascinating. And also when you think about, you know, your best ideas, like you said, they never come when you're stressing out. Like sometimes your best creative idea comes when you're literally like laying in bed about to fall asleep and it's maybe like 10 30 p.m and you like grab your notebook and you write it down because your mind was clear at the end of the night and all of a sudden you could actually like you know just things just pop into your head even when you're not thinking about it also with that with having a lot going on mentally because i fully relate to that like for the longest time i was that kind of like like mentally it was like a warfare like you do not want you know how some people like they talk about um what's it called telekinesis or when you can read a person's thoughts like you would never want to read mine because you would just hear like like noise which is not good but like ever since meditating and i do it pretty consistently it's helped me a lot but with that also a realization because if you if you have a lot of mental noise and you don't really do anything to overcome that then it probably brings you a sense of comfort like it did to me for a while because I didn't like empty space. Like I had to have everything time blocked to the minute. I'm like, okay, wake up, breathing exercises, like go brush teeth, <laughs> go work out, put on clothes. Like it was like like that because I just didn't like, I wasn't comfortable with the empty space. But I feel like embracing that and slowly incorporating that of like, okay, I know I need to do these three things today. How am I going to do them? I'll just go based on the vibe. Like, I don't know. However, whenever I feel like the vibe to create, I'll do it and I'll do it today. Whenever I feel the vibe to edit, I don't know, editing mood, I'll do that today. But like just trusting myself more with that, I think definitely helps. Wow, I like that. And I feel like it's such a more relaxed approach to, you know, a creative career. I think at the end of the day, like, creatives are very, I don't want to say emotional, but I think that your thoughts (laughs) affect your creativity. And Mm -hmm. when you just trust yourself, your creative, you know, energy can flow better, rather than just being like, so stressed and not able to think and not able to figure anything out I think you know creativity definitely flows better with a clear mind and that's why so many you know writers will go sit up on a mountain for a few days and 
finally mm-hmm. get rid of their writer's block. Like, I feel like the city is like we're in LA. I mean, you're in Orange County, but you're close enough to understand the hustle. Like, <laughs> yeah. people are so stressed, and we all have such creative jobs out here, but yet mm-hmm. everyone is just so stressed all the time. So, with creation, what's different? Because I, I like your writer example. But as a writer, like you don't have immediate feedback on your work. But I feel mm-hmm. like as a creator, obviously you have your mission, like the thing that you stand for, your message. But I feel like when you have a lot of that mental noise and mental fluff, immediately like you start going in like, oh, how many views does this have? Oh, does that mean like my whole thing is wrong? Oh, I have to change everything, which I feel like is just not good. Because I, I think with content creation, you just have to stay really consistent with it. Obviously, I think it's not very smart to like do the same thing over and over. That's the definition of insanity if it doesn't bring you a result. But like test it out for like a month, for example. But just having very clear vision and just executing that and not looking at what other people are saying. Because I feel like, do you ever relate to that? Of like constantly checking, I don't know, views, likes, shares? Yeah, I definitely find myself checking my phone constantly. Like I'll check all morning, all afternoon and I'm on a lot of platforms, so I'm checking for, you know, that type of feedback. And I think that, you know, something that I've considered for my mental health, (laughs) they have these little like safes that you can put your phone in for the night or for the morning and stuff. And I would really like to schedule, you know, like an hour before I go to sleep and an hour before I wake up in the morning where my phone is like in a safe. So I'm not immediately thinking of all this feedback and, you know, like, how's the videos doing? What are the comments? Just thinking constantly about my work and, you know, setting those boundaries. But I definitely think that having our job, like, so accessible 24-7 can help a lot with funneling that toxic productivity and making it, you know, almost a spiral because it's there 24-7. Yeah. And I think also with that self-imposed pressure of, like, always to be on top of it almost, that's not very healthy. <laughs> exactly. Because if you're always, like, you're always on your phone and you're always checking it, like, I'll be getting coffee with a friend and I'm checking my phone. It's not great. Like, I need to set those boundaries. If you're at work, you know, and you get to go on your lunch, you're probably not super excited to check your emails throughout the day. <laughs> um, but I feel like it's kind of, it's kind of a blessing, you know, because most people don't like what they do. So sometimes I'll find myself guilty about feeling guilty and saying to myself, like, you know, I like my work, so I might as well do it all the time. But at the end of the day, like, you just can't do that. Yeah, because like you said, with the very first question, it's very important to separate yourself from your work. I don't think like, for example, your identity has to be completely separate, especially to us, it's more than just our work. It's like our hobby. And also, I think mission in a sense. So it's, it's obviously different. But just knowing that because I think all I always think about is with especially being a content creator, I think business is a little bit different. But content creation, if your whole work relies on people liking you and watching you all the time, that's not healthy. Like there's no healthy aspect in that because you can't control that. Like there's so many amazing people who just don't have millions of people watching them, but they're great. Like I love them. Watch them all the time, you know. So I think just keeping that in mind, I think definitely helps kind of <laughs> separate yourself from the results. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. Like. You can't blame yourself if something doesn't, you know, do well, because sometimes it's not your fault. It's literally the fault yeah. of Instagram and they change the rules again. And <sighs> and lastly, I, I did want to talk a little bit about how, you know, your mental health can be affected by toxic productivity. So when people who 
are a little bit like me who feel so guilty when they're not working and, you know, just are going to leave this episode being like, yeah, whatever. Well, I have things to accomplish. I would like to know, you know, how can your mental health be affected by toxic productivity and how did you see your mental health improve once you started creating these boundaries for yourself? Yeah, I think with toxic productivity, I've already brought that up a little bit, but when you're in that toxic productive space, like it's just a lot of mental things happening. Like there is no inner peace. Like that is unheard of. <laughs> you do not feel calm. You don't feel peaceful. I feel like even with work, it's hard to feel fulfillment and joy. Cause I think for me, it started transforming, especially business aspects, like into resentment. Like I'm pouring so much into this. Like how come I don't have more clients? How come this? How come that? Which is not like, it's not good. It's like a shift of responsibility, which is never good. Like I think you should fully take responsibility for your life at all times. Um, so with that, and just overall just put me in like a very negative space because then you just start looking at things negatively. It's more of like a chore rather than, oh, I get to do this. But I think once you get out of that and you set boundaries and also just overall change your perspective of like, for example, with Sundays, I work on Sundays sometimes too now because for me, it's just like, it's not always my work. It's also my hobby. And if I feel like doing it, I'm not going to restrict myself. Like I love it. I do it all the time if I could, you know, which I think definitely has like a lighter vibe to it than just like, okay. I'm not going to do that because I don't know the restriction aspect of it. So I think with the mental health improvement, it just allowed me to progress in other areas of my life as well, like relationships and cultivating, nurturing friendships and focusing on my health and fitness and just my goals, just for the sake of my goals, not to share them and be like, guys, I just did this. I just accomplished that. But just because I like it, like, I just want to do that with my life. I love that. Yeah, I feel like it's great to, you know, be successful at what you do, but at the end of the day, um, I forget what it's called, but I know there's this little pyramid of your life and it's like your work, your relationships, your health, your fitness, and kind of yeah. where, I guess, where you feel safe. If you feel good in your work, but you come home every day to, you know, an empty house or you feel good in your work, but you're not treating your body well, so you feel sluggish, like work is just one of the pieces of the puzzle and your mental health can suffer if you're not taking care of your body and you're not taking care of your relationships as well. Like when I yeah. first met my boyfriend, I remember he would always want to hang out like all the time. And I was like, eh, <laughs> I have things <laughs> to do. No. <laughs> and I think now, you know, almost four years later, like we're at that point where I can take time off and, you know, disconnect from my phone a little, but I definitely won't say I'm perfect. You know, sometimes we'll watch movies and I'll check my phone, but mm -hmm. I'm a lot better than I used to be. And I can definitely say that my mental health has changed drastically and my relationships are so much better. Like I feel so much more connected to him. I think that for me, like I recognized it was a problem when I told myself like, you know, he's probably going to leave me if I don't spend time with him. And it's not that I don't want to spend time with him, but I just feel so guilty for, you know, having that fun. And that's when I recognize, you know, it's a problem. And I do want this guy in my life and I do want friends and relationships. And I kind of just have to calm down and allow myself to be fulfilled in other ways as well. Yeah. And I think with that overall mindset, it can help us like looking at it as an investment, especially for creative work. Like if you look at, for example, the $5 coffee that you get yourself and obviously initially like same, I'm like, oh, should I do that? Like it's, it's me. Like, why don't I just make my own? But then I'm like, okay, it's an investment into my happiness and into my success. It's like, um, 
going to a nice gym or like going to a nice workout place, getting nice workout classes or workout sets, that helps you long-term. It's like a long-term investment. Spending time with your family, friends, it's a long-term investment. So if you think about it, like like literally just pretend like you're putting money in like a long-term investment account, that actually helps because then you know that you'll reap the benefits of it and they'll be greater than if you just kind of go about your life in like a very jagged, stressed out way. Wow. Yeah, I do. I love that. And I I did see on your Instagram that you, you joined, I think it's Equinox, right? And it's like this amazing, fancy, bougie gym, but every single time you go there, you look so happy, like totally showing in your content that you're having like the best time. So at the end of the day, like, you know, why not make that investment into your mental health and also your physical health? Like that's knocking off two things um, yeah. in terms of making your life better. And also you're getting content. So that's like three things. Exactly. <laughs> And you feel super inspired by the people around you. Even with like, I wouldn't say you have to go to a fancy gym. And if you, even if you go, for example, to like a run club, like you join a little running group, even being around those people will motivate you to work harder in your life, which is still good. So you're like covering multiple bases there, like you said. I love that. Yeah, I completely agree. And I know that at the end of the day, like it's definitely a journey to find that balance and it takes a really long time. But I do know like once you find it or start figuring it out, you just feel so much better. And I really appreciate you talking to me about this and getting your insight was just so powerful. And I'm personally leaving with a lot of new tips and tricks that I'm excited about. <laughs> um, but did you have anything else that you wanted to add? No, I think that'll be all. Thank you so much for having me. I think toxic productivity is such an important discussion, especially for intentional creatives. <laughs> intentional. <laughs> I said creatives right here. <laughs> Um, so I think with the listeners of this podcast too, I think there's definitely like a lot of insights from you and from I as well that kind of can definitely shift your mindset. Definitely. And if you'd like, you can also, you know, kind of plug your social media so that the viewers can find you. Of course. So um, I have two social media directions. One is more lifestyle, wellness, self-growth oriented, motivational. If you need a little motivational boost in your life, <laughs> if you want to be successful, then I recommend following me on at very nothing. <laughs> that was like the first username I made when I was like 11. So we don't judge. <laughs> I just didn't want to include like my last name. Um, so at very nothing. And then Vera V Coach is on Instagram, I think YouTube and TikTok. <laughs> That's more of a social media coaching direction. So if anyone's interested, feel free. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate your input on toxic productivity and I appreciate you guys for listening and I'll see you next time. Bye.